Hi everyone, I'm Samara, your resident indie bookworm and co-owner of the Fifth House Collective Monthly Book Box, and you're listening to New Noir, a book podcast of recommendations and discussions around the most interesting and exciting independently published books by Black authors from all different genres. In this episode, I'll be talking about two indie novels that I enjoyed, Birds Don't Swim in the Winter by Kenyatta Garner and To A Stare With Love by Amanda Ross. So grab your favorite drink, settle down, and tune in. And as always, this is a spoiler-free zone. Good morning and happy Saturday, everybody. So once again, I'm Samara. I run a small indie book box company by the name of Fifth House Collective, along with my business partner, Dee. So I tend to handle the novel side and Dee handles the comic book side because that's just where our expertise lie. So a few months ago, Dee came up with the brilliant idea to do a sort of blog about all the comics she's reading this year in 2021. And it's kind of a challenge for her. I believe she's calling it like the Blurred Comic Challenge, um, where she's reading 100 independent Black comics this year. Like, that's her goal. She's probably going to surpass it. I'm actually sure she will. And it got me thinking. I'm like, well, she's doing this to really get the word out in the spotlight even more on Black independent comics. So what am I doing besides selling a book box and running the social media? Like, what am I doing to really uplift and get the word out and shine a light on Black indie novels. And so this podcast was born. Um, I used to actually run a podcast with one of my best friends before called Do Better D-Dot. That's pretty much canceled now, especially since the pandemic hit um, because we can't really meet as much as we normally do. But Do Better D-Dot was basically a podcast all about the Detroit Department of Transportation and how terribly it's run and how they should do better. And we knew for a fact that quite a few DDOT representatives were listening to it because whenever we met them for our monthly meetings, they would definitely bring some things up that we talked about in a previous episode. Um, So I just felt like that podcast was getting too hot. So we kind of had to back off for the, (laughs) I wouldn't say safety, but just for the sanity and just getting along to get along (laughs) with everybody in that department because we do have to work closely with them to get the things we wanted. So we kind of sort of put that to the side and my time got freed up and I started getting like that podcast fever. Like I really wanted to do another project and I'm like, what else am I passionate about besides public transit in Detroit? besides activism and being a community organizer here, what else am I passionate about? And obviously the answer would be books, Um, more specifically independently published books by Black authors. So I was like, ha, there it is. That's what I can do. And it's something that I'm sure I will continue to enjoy doing until further notice, I guess. I don't know, but uh, I'm hoping that this will be successful not only for me but for you listeners out there who are having a hard time just kind of sifting through the internet trying to find independent books of like authors that they'll enjoy that might be kind of in their genre that they enjoy reading or just kind of inspire you guys to try something new to take a chance and i've said it once and i'll say it again just because a book is written and published independently does not mean it is subpar actually there are a lot of independently published books that i enjoy more than traditionally published books because the authors have complete and total 
like freedom over their craft and so they can take their stories to places that maybe traditionally published companies won't let like you know the the well the more well-known authors go that route like they won't really let them do that they kind of have to stick to what's in what's popping what's gonna sell basically and independently published authors don't really have to worry about that like they think of a story they write it down how they want to write it down they edit it how they want it to be edited and bam there it is just raw and in your face and i love that about indie books i really do Enough about me, let's get into some new and upcoming books that I'm interested in. There's just two this time, but I'll probably end up coming up with more later. But these are just the two right now that have caught my interest that are either being published this month in April or just came out a couple days ago. And so the first one that's coming out on April 27th is Heartless by Brenda L. Thomas. This book, first of all, the cover is gorgeous. Like I you guys have to go look it up check out the cover it's gorgeous it's got like this um beautiful black woman on the front with like a half heart over her face you'll see it if you look it up when i stumbled upon this the cover was the first thing that got me and then i read the blurb and it just sounds really good so I'm going to go ahead and read that blurb to you guys. After Isabella Washington found herself thrust into the role as an expert witness in a gripping case against one of Houston's wealthiest and most powerful families, she became desperate for a fresh new start. Relocating to Philadelphia, she believes she has finally found peace in her hectic life. Giving up her respected role as a forensic accountant, she elects to work on a construction site as a carpenter's apprentice. Believing that she had finally escaped the demons from her past, Isabella soon realizes that she can't run from her past any longer. After her new life takes a violent turn, Isabella isn't sure if the new developments are a result of her past or the future she so desperately desires. Now, on high alert, Isabella must face danger head on. Enjoy this gripping psychological novel that will keep you on the edge of your seat. So, I don't read too many psychological novels i wish i read more i guess because actually when i when i do read them i enjoy them a lot i actually kind of fly through them but i just i don't know i tend to lean more towards fantasy because it kind of makes me take my time and i tend to lean towards like con contemporary right just kind of slice of life books but anytime i pick up a thriller or a psychological horror or anything like that i pretty much devour them in one sitting <laughs> And it's probably, it's, that's a good thing and a bad thing because I do have other things I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, so definitely Heartless caught my attention big time, especially the cover. I'm a sucker for covers. Like if you got a good one, I'll probably pick you up and read the book. Like just have a great cover and you've got me. <laughs> so once again, Heartless comes out April 27th, 2021 by Brenda L. Thomas. And it will be available on Amazon. I think I saw like, the Kindle edition only so far, but I, I'm pretty sure that a physical version will come out that same date, so stay tuned for that. The next book that I'm interested in is actually already out, and it's called uh, The Last to Finish, The Black Boy's Experience of Overcoming Adversity by Martin Jabbar Ali. Once again, the cover got me. It's like this old fashion looking Polaroid photo of two little black boys. And another thing that really caught my eye was the fact that this is completely independently published. Like this author did not go the Amazon route or the Ingram Sparks route. Like he took his story, wrote it, edited it, got it packaged the way he wanted, and now he's selling it on his own website. So it's not available on Amazon, unfortunately, but you can go to the author's website, which is uh, Martin Ja Lee. So I'll spell it out for you guys, M-A-R-T-I-N, 
J-A-L-I.com. So Martin J. Ali. Okay, so let me read the blurb. The Last to Finish is a memoir that is universally celebrated and ecstatically appraised. Martin's words are profound in a transparent memoir. Reading to the last finished is an accumulation of hope and forgiveness, written to make you think about the many facets of our society from incarceration, racism, and the psyche of the Black male. It's also a testimony to the city of St. Louis. The story of internal wounds jumps off the page to dissect a world about familial love, helplessness, and eventually inspiration, to see growth and the ability to navigate through life to learn from a difficult childhood a deep story of transformation and pride. So yeah, that really caught my attention. I love reading books that are like this. One of my favorite authors is Jessamine Ward, and she has a book called Men We Read um, that has a very similar looking cover. And so that's one of the things that kind of gripped me was just like a simple photo of two young people, two children, sitting or standing side by side, and it just brought me to that place of how much I enjoyed when we reaped. So once again, the cover helped grip me and made me more interested in this book. So once again, The Last to Finish, The Black Boy Experience of Overcoming Adversity by Martin Jabbar Ali is only available on his website, martinjali.com. So check it out. Now let's get into the two books that I actually did read. The first one up is Birdstone Swim in the Winter by Kenyatta Garner. So I'm going to start from the outside in as I tend to do. Once again, the cover is what got me. The cover is absolutely adorable. Kind of like, um, it's simple, but it's cute. Like the whole thing is made up like a scrap of notebook paper, like lying notebook paper that I used to use in high school. And the words look like handwriting, which is really cute. Like it's red pen handwriting looks by the look of it and I love the fact that written at the bottom is a novel of some sort by Kenyatta Garner. I thought that was so super cute and on the back it's even more like handwriting but in black with like little scribbles and hearts and it looks like the main character Dakota it looks like it's her handwriting and something of like a journal maybe um, and she, at the top it says when life gives you lemons don't make lemonade run. That was so cute to me. From the outside, I thought that this would be pretty much a like YA contemporary, but it's so much more than that. There are actually a few like, you know, adult themes in it, but nothing too heavy. I would still put it in like a young adult contemporary, maybe like older young adult, maybe like 17 and up. I myself am a woman in her 30s and I still managed to thoroughly enjoy the story. I think I gave it like five stars just because it's a story like no other. Obviously Dakota has the usual issues that happen when you're growing up and becoming your own person, but she also has a more unique situation. Uh, she grows up in a, a household where she has two mothers um, who are married. Her mother's relationships isn't something that bothers her at all, her and her sister, um, and it doesn't seem to be something that has had a negative effect on her, um, but at least the relationship itself, like same-sex relationship, it hasn't had an adverse effect on her, but perhaps um, just the relationship between her two mothers has, like the actual way that they deal with each other and talk to each other and show love to each other will have like a positive or negative effect on her like most children growing up with their parents, right? And the feelings that she has, the depression she's dealing with, 
um, kind of just stays bubbling under the surface until her sister, her older sister, leaves for college um, and starts to kind of estrange herself from the family. And Dakota just, for the life of her, cannot figure out why. And so she just starts to become this really angry person who doesn't want to listen to her parents, doesn't really want to be bothered by her sister. She lets all of her feelings out in her diary or journal, like like a lot of young teenagers, right? And so these feelings uh, affect her relationship with her parents or her sister and even her friend. And things really spiral out of control when Dakota finds out the reason behind her sister's estrangement from the family and all the dark things come to light. And so her family gets kind of rocked. Dakota is forced out of her very childish, very self-centered way of life. And emotional maturity is the name of the game for her. And it's growing pains. I really loved this book. I love books about families. I love books about young people growing up and becoming their own person. They, it ticked all of the boxes for me and I kind of flew through this book in a day. I thought it was a great YA contemporary. I don't know if the author Kenyatta will agree with me it, it being a YA contemporary, but that's just kind of how I read it as. Usually YA contemporaries irritate me because this, their problems seem so trivial to an adult, but the problems that Dakota was having was some real stuff, like some real life deep things that were going on um, in her family that I was just like, wow, like the hat, my hat was blown off. I couldn't believe it, but it was real enough to where it could happen. It probably does happen. And I don't know, I really enjoyed Dakota as a character. At first she annoyed me because she was so selfish, um, but I just saw that as like typical teenage stuff. She does eventually like grab at you and kind of nestles into your heart and you really feel for this girl and her family. I don't know, just like the way she cultivates relationships and strengthens relationships and kind of holds on to her friends. Oh, so cute. And then also this book takes place in the early 2000s. So I really related with this too, because it brought me back to my high school years. I entered high school in 2004. There I am dating myself and graduated in 2000. Actually, no, I entered 2003 and graduated in 2007. And this is around the time this story takes place. So there are some cultural referencing going on in here that really like set me back. And I was like, wow, I feel so old and young again at the same time. And I think that has something to do with me being able to relate to the teenagers in this story so much more because they were legit living my teenage life <laughs> back in the early 2000s. Once again, I really enjoyed the story. I gave it five stars. It really brought me back to my childhood and the story is complex and beautiful and it nestled into my heart and the characters are complex and beautiful and I highly recommend reading Birds Don't Swim in the Winter by Kenyatta Garner. I also look forward to reading more written by this author. I hope she comes out with more books like this really soon because I'm ready. Also check out uh, Kenyatta's website. Her books are also not available on Amazon. It's on her website kenyattagarner.com and you can purchase the book and bookmarks there as well as if you go to the Fifth House Collective website we also are selling her books there 
And don't forget to check out the author's bio. Like she's led a really interesting life and there are really cute pictures of her and her partner on the website as well. I think there's a picture of her dog too, which I was like, yes, I love dogs. Um, but it's always nice kind of snooping around and learning more about the authors too, because a lot of them lead extremely fascinating lives. <laughs> Um, and I don't know, I just respect this author so much for putting this book out there for young people to read and for adults to read. Definitely check it out. You won't regret it. Next book I want to talk to you guys about is To A Stare With Love by Amanda Ross. Okay, so this one is an urban fantasy for adults. I would put it in like the new adult if that if people are actually going by that, but I will put it in the new adult category. It's basically set in the not so distant future of 2022 where vampires and witches exist. And for whatever reason, America saw fit to elect a vampire as president. So right now vampires are kind of on top and witches are vilified. We've got three factions. We've got humans, we've got vampires, and we've got witches. And the humans, either they're for the witches or against the witches, or they're for vampires or against vampires. And vampires are pretty much the worst. Like they've got their own crazy fan club. These people stand vampires hard to the point that they'll probably do their dirty work if asked just for the possibility of becoming one. This shows up a lot. <laughs> I feel like this shows up a lot in movies and stuff where vampires will have like their minions and the hope that they'll be turned. I've seen it in Blade um, starring Wesley Snipes like those movies. I've seen it in Vampire Diaries. I've seen it in True Blood and so on and so forth. So we're following the main character Mercury and his friends Ellis, Joel, Griffin, and Sloan. For whatever reason, Ellis drags Mercury to this frat party not too far away from his tattoo shop and, and Mercury sees a young boy being bullied by um, some frat bros and a vampire and he kind of sticks up for him. Now it's somehow discovered that Mercury is a witch <laughs> and obviously the vampires don't like that. So Mercury and his friends along with Griffin and his sister Joelle who also comes to the party, they all escape barely and run back to Mercury's father's tattoo shop where Mercury's older brother um, is working. But you know, they're not safe. The vampires still want to hunt them down for whatever crime they feel like Mercury has committed and they've decided to completely like wreck the neighborhood looking for Mercury and his friends because they're affiliated. So in order to seek safety, Mercury, Ellis, Sloan, Joel, and Griffin have to run away and get to this place called Astera, which is where all of the witches, witch council, all, anybody who's everybody who's a witch, goes there to commune and just enjoy themselves and also probably to hold important meetings and things like that. And that also happens to be the place where Mercury's father is at the time. Also, it's a safe place where vampires cannot enter and cannot find. To Astera with Love was easily one of my favorite urban fantasies that I've read in a while. The characters are awesome. I love, love, love Sloane and Ellis's like back and forth banter that goes on in this book. It was absolutely hilarious. I also really enjoyed the leadership skills that Mercury exhibited 
Um, he kept a pretty cool head uh, for the most part to get him and his friends out of trouble. And when he freaked out, his friends were there to pick up the slack. I just love good, solid friendships, um, whether they have already been established or, you know, are built because of these extenuating circumstances that were going on in the book. The magic system in the book made complete sense and was actually something that was super cool. I don't think I've ever read um, a magic system, anything like this one. I'm not going to tell you guys exactly what it is because I want you to pick up the book and read it and find out for yourselves. But it's actually such a cool concept. I, my mind was blown just reading about it. And also, last but not least, I love the like social commentary in the book. The book does not shy away from politics. I mean, it's not po politic heavy, but it does shape the world and the way the characters react and how vampires are allowed to kind of sort of like move in and encroach on other people's liberties and freedoms and it be legal because, you know, they've got a vampire president. They feel like they can do anything um, and he makes it so that they can. So I gave the book five stars. Um, I feel like this is just... This, this podcast is just me talking about books I love or really want to read. I guess that's what this is going to be. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to stumble upon a couple of books that are just like, I don't know, man. I'm not so sure about it, but I'll be fair and I will always give the bad and the good. Um, but these first two books that I'm talking about, Birds of Swim in the Winter and To a Stare with Love, they didn't really have anything bad about them. I thought that the stories were really good and that it flowed well and that the characters were believable and made you actually care about them. And those are the main things that I love. That and like good friendships and good familiar relationships. Um, and they both came through. Like I had a pretty good reading week when I read both of these. So yeah, To A Stare With Love is available on Amazon. We also still have a couple of copies left over at Fifth House Collective. And once again, please follow these authors. They're both on Instagram. Super easy to find. Amanda Ross is amazing. Kenyatta Garner is amazing. You guys should really support. They've got some great stories to tell. And Amanda is actually working on the uh, second installment so the sequel to To A Stare With Love, and I can't wait to read it. I can't wait till she finishes it, and I can't wait to read it. I don't really want to talk too much more about it because I don't want to step on toes or anything, or if she has anything planned, I don't want to mess that up. But there is a sequel coming, and you guys should really hurry up and read the first one because this is just going to be one for the books, pun intended, I guess. But this is going to be a really good series. I can already tell. That's it for today's episode. If you have any suggestions on indie books written by Black authors you think I should look into, please send an email to info at fifthhousecollective.com and I'll be sure to check them out. Once again, I'm Samara and thank you for listening to New Noir.